Do not need a coaster. I feel like the gain is a little high. Let me turn the gain down just a little bit. But like, uh, hmm. if you were to pick up your glass and put it down on the glass table, that would be quite loud on a podcast. Yeah, I'm going to do that several times throughout the podcast. So I was just suggesting like maybe a coaster is the way to go. Don't worry about the noise. It doesn't matter enough. Those are really loud, that's by my, the way. That's Those are mind. really loud. These are really loud? No, no, no. The, the, like, the, like this. Oh, yeah. To turn the game down. I, I, I told you to use a coaster. There's also there's more styrofoam. Or use some post-it notes. That's what I wanted. Post-it notes. More behind there. There you go. That's, that's really loud. Okay, and this is all being recorded for posterity. Why? Because uh, I want the banter. Like that's part of what we do in this space. Listen, if you're gonna be mellow, you have to change seats with me because you're further away. Or we, you know, we'll move this just a little bit. This that's gonna make a ton of noise. Yeah, we'll just do that. That's gonna work out a little bit better. Maybe even a little bit more. Like there we go. Yeah. You think Adriel's gonna be louder than me? No, <laughs> but that's why I put an equal distance between you, but further away from me. For no, you're the guest of this podcast. You can't. Okay, welcome to uh, South Bay Podcast, one man's journey to untangle the knot that is the climbing community in the South Bay with his co-host who occasionally knows the answers to his climbing related questions. Uh, I am the one man, my name is Zach, my co-host's name is... Evan! And we are joined by a very, very special guest uh, who I've been dying to have on this episode, or on this podcast for like seasons now. We've, we've actually been recording for like three and a half years now. Oh. Um... And it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely glorifying. Three and a half years of recording on an average of once every four months. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. But, but we have been recording for like three and a half years. So you get to be that's a part cool. of this. This is, uh, this is my, my climbing coach, who I'm going to call him. Uh, my climbing coach, Adriel. Welcome, Adriel. Hello, thank you. <laughs> we might need to move the mic closer towards you just a little bit. Um, How are you feeling? Um, you, are you intimidated by just being willing to let Zach, Zach ask you questions about uh, yourself? A little bit, yeah. Like, I guess my first reaction is like, no, absolutely not. And there's like <laughs> some, some fear behind that. And then I was like, no, just take a chance. Like, put yourself in a position of discomfort and at least you'll learn something or grow, you know. So yeah, that's why I guess that's why well, I'm here. I appreciate and, it, and yeah, like, I was shocked that you agreed so quickly. To hanging be hanging out with you two sounds like a great time. We've Tr- never, I've actually never done this. That, this, yeah. yeah. So it's like, hey, if not, I get to hang out. Yeah, something new. Uh, I, I I find the trick to 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 do it is to like ignore the microphone and just sort of be in the space. Um, it's like it's, it's for me. It's really fun. Like I think it's like a directed conversation, right? Like. How often do we have conversations that we've structured around something, uh, and you know, so often you sit there and you're like trying to like think of like, oh, what's next? And, but like when you're doing a podcast, you're kind of like, all right, let's just like, we've got this thing next, let's dive in, and you're just like you're ready to go. It's really cool. I think the other thing that I want to hype 
a little bit about this is we're also we have like no expectation of greatness. Like we've been recording for for you know now three and a half years or three and a half years ish. Uh, we think we've done this is episode number twenty or twenty one, something very small, and we just enjoy getting together and kind of chatting. And I and I would say uh, you're kind of our first attempt at trying to do something a little bit different. Um, I would say. Our last episode was called the point of the podcast episode. Huh. And we did not figure out what the point of the podcast we was. Did, we great. did after the podcast. We didn't figure it out during the episode, though. We did not. We did not discover okay. it during the episode, but post the episode, uh, with some reflection, we were able to come to kind of a point. And so um, excited to have you be, be kind of like the first person on this new podcast. So I think I'll talk about the point a little bit, maybe, before we... Start with the grilling while Evan adds questions that I gave him like weeks ago, but yeah. he didn't add. Um, weeks ago, maybe I don't know what I this. Okay, but I, the, I have heard. Oh, uh, I have heard all of them. Oh, you have heard all of them. I have heard all of them. Listen to all of them. Listen to all yeah. of them. Although the last one, like the point of the podcast, I had stopped because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is going nowhere. <laughs> That's good. I talked to another listener. Who said that they had to change it because they were kind of falling asleep? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. It may have been our worst episode. Yeah, it could have been our worst episode. Least least engaging episode. Totally. So that's why we're coming back. Uh, so I think where we where we kind of ended up is, um, you know, I'm definitely a member of this climbing community. I I actually haven't been climbing. Today's my first day climbing in like four weeks. Um, but how did I, that go? It was great. It was great. I'll talk. New partner worked out. New partner worked out at the same time my new partner worked out. Like, my old partner is like, oh, I'm feeling better. I'm less tired now. I'm past the first of, you know, the pregnancy, and I want to climb again. So now I'm like, now I have to climb three days a week, which I'm excited about. That's good. It's better um, than zero. Totally. I think uh, for me, you know, so at, where we've admitted is, like, I'm climbing is something I love to do, and it's a part of it, of who I am, and I like to be a part of this community. Um, but it's not my current focal, focus point. Like my, I'm growing in my acro, I'm growing in my fitness, I'm growing in other areas, and climbing is a byproduct. It's still something I'm always going to do, but it's secondary. And so as I admit that, and as I move through that, um, the point of the podcast is not just about me getting up my level, you know, because I'm admitting where I am, but I think the real point of the podcast is trying to understand this community that I'm a part of, and you're a big part of that community, whether or not you know that you're a part of my community or not. Um, and, and trying to understand this community that we're a part of and, and really uh, untangle this knot. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, you're way more interested in the community than you are in the actual climbing. Definitely. And I think that that's, I think that's cool. And I think it's awesome that you've kind of come around to this idea of, like, let's, let's explore the stories that the people in our community have. Because I think that... In a community of climbers the size that we have in the South Bay, like there's a lot of really cool stories, and I think Adriel's is definitely one, and I'm excited to talk to him today. You you actually had a lot of insight into the questions that I didn't even come up with. Anyways, that aside, maybe we should ask our you know guests some questions. I think. Or do you have anything to say? Um, Are you ready? Uh, <laughs> the first question is like introducing yourself, so. Okay. Uh, I guess understanding the community, I think I've been part of the, I guess I started climbing um, in 2007. Uh, oh, after me. Yeah. Slightly. Uh, like, well, I, I guess December 2006. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I tried it a couple times 
and was hooked and I was like, I need to do this more. So then I got a job at Flying Granite as event staff two weeks later and that was <laughs> the new year. Um, but uh, I don't fully understand the community and like it just keeps growing and changing and uh, evolving. So it's, yeah, it's when I think of the climbing community, um, that's a huge term. And, and, tons and tons of people yeah the, and the stories like getting to know these people on an individual basis and mm -hmm. finding out more about what makes them tick is super interesting and fascinating yeah I think uh, should give us fuel for a fair number of podcasts if we can actually convince people to do it yeah it's, and it's and thank you for being so willing to jump on because mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a challenge because one thing I've, I've noticed about climbers at least from my perspective is um I feel like climbing is, despite the fact that you're tied to another person, it's about individualistic growth and gains. Like it's your own personal growth, your own personal gains. And and so I think there is definitely the community aspect. There's also the, also the like, I'm just an individual, I'm just here. And a lot of the climbers that I've met, even like the super professional climbers that I've met, are really like humble. Like I'm just out there and there are plenty of climbs, climbing things I do great and there are plenty of climbing things that I do bad and I still have room to grow and I'm excited about the growth. A lot of people are, yeah, yeah. I would say that's the predominant. It's not everybody, but um, I also think, like, uh, I mean, you mentioned that it's about personal growth and gains, but I also think that there's like each climber get brings their own sense of like what they want to experience from the sport, and like you know they're kind of pursuing that. Like you have various people who have, you know, and you can see it in the community. Yeah. Uh, that you know, there's people that you know, that are pursuing training really, really aggressively. And I was, I was sort of in the training area this morning at PG Sunnyvale and like, well, did you name drop the gym before I did? I did. Yeah. Um, and I was like, there's a lot of people like trying real hard, put that down. Um, and, uh, and actually like, those are people that like, I'm like, I don't know even what they're training for, but I think they're like really stoked on the training aspect. Um, and then, you know, you have people that are training for these objectives that you may never even hear about, but it's all about their personal experience. And there's so many other, you know, like other different things that are going on. Um, and I think it's, it's really interesting to explore who those people are. Yeah. Can I ask a, a quick question? Yeah. Uh, you want to do more of an intro? I just kind of heard something that Adriel mentioned and I wanted to dig into a little bit. Well, I wanted to, before we... I, right, I'll, I'll, dig save, into I'll save it, I'll save it. Save it for right after this question. Okay. So I think the most important question that I've got, this is like kind of your intro. Um, all three of us have relationships here, but uh, can I ask you, from your perspective, um, who are you and uh, what role do you play in kind of the climbing community? Um, and it doesn't need to be super grandiose. It doesn't need to be a no, grandiose answer. It can be a small uh, who am I? That's, I mean... <laughs> you can't ask quite those introspective of a question. Like, yeah, because my mind just, like, tends to wander and, like, who... I'm like, am I am I me? Am I the cluster of molecules well, that makes me physically? <laughs> or, like, am so I my consciousness? Is the only like, game that I'm going to use, Adriel, or do you want yes. to kind of use so your last I am, name? I, like, I am, I am identified legally as Adriel Rodriguez. <laughs> also, uh, also known in the gym as AR. Yes, AR is my tag. And um, and what and like I think in the community this is important for me, but like you are in the gym, you are uh, the head setter in Sunnyvale? Uh, as of 
It'll be a year, I think, in March, actually. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. And then, are you still working? You have or are currently still doing some coaching, or are you still um, away from that? On and off, yeah. On like, and off. Yeah. Um, as of, like, two weeks ago, I stopped coaching, but before that, I was coaching, and then... Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I'll always continue to do and fluctuate in and out of. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the only part that I was trying to get is that like you, okay. you have you have that space in the in the thing as a setter that you can find on routes in Sunnywell at AR, as AR I, whose routes I love by the way you're one of my favorite setters, um, and then also the the coaching stuff and and I just this is this is the only thing I'm gonna bring in here I promise this is it. But uh, I really got to know you uh, a while ago when you did a master's class. And we got some one-on-one, like not one-on-one, but it was like group coaching and some, some personal time in that space. Um, and then our relationship post that is like you coached me for a fair bit of time as I was trying to develop my skills and my mm-hmm. abilities. And so grateful for all that you've helped me with there. And uh, also just feel like that's part of, in my mind, who you are to this community. Yeah. Maybe I have to word that better in the future in that question. No, no, that was perfectly fine. I mean, like... You know, from like a meta standpoint, like analyzing the podcast, like while we're doing it, like I told you, like there's no reason for you not to like use your personal connection to like explain why why it's meaningful to you to have this conversation. Like that's that's totally relevant. Okay, yeah. people will dig it. My question is answered. Do you remember? Do you remember? Your yeah, question? I do. I do. I actually, I I kind of have a couple questions, and I think some of the things that have come up already is sort of like lead into that, but like. So you have, you know, before climbing, you were already an athlete. Like, climbing is really interesting because we have a lot of people who come into climbing having never been an athlete before in their lives. And they, climbing is the first athletic activity they've done and they, you know, fall in love or like they, you know, they do whatever. But you already had an athletic background. So can you share with us what that was? And then I'm also interested in digging into like, how did your previous athletic background affect how you got into and enjoy climbing um yeah so athletic background i guess uh been playing sports my entire life Mm -hmm. since i was a kid with cousins like out on the field you know um soccer cross country track mostly running sports um cross country and track uh and then uh weightlifting like in my early 20s um yeah Cool. And then, uh, I guess to add, I coached cross country and track for close to 11 years before I switched over to coaching climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of, a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience with working with athletes. Um, How do you think, uh, so I have another question that I'll stave off, but like to just go back to that, like, you know, you have that athletic background, right? You identify, I, you, I, I'm, I'm, I know you well enough to think you identified as an athlete, yes. you know, for sure. Yeah. And then you came into climbing. Like, how did that, how do you think that that affected your approach to climbing and your experience of, like, starting a new sport that, like, really is really different? Because I, yeah. I had a similar experience, like, doing running sports and then coming into climbing kind of, like, later in life. Yeah, um... When you say that, the first thing that comes to my mind is I was puzzled because I was, I think, 23 at the time and probably like in the best shape of my life, like athletically yeah. running, uh, conditioning and weightlifting. Um, and I went into the gym uh, and I saw all kinds of peoples like of shapes and sizes 
climbing things. And I was like, I can do that. I can do that. Like I was very like, uh, I guess, um, cocky and that like, I'm fit, like I can do this. And I remember I like tried a five, six, did it five, seven, five, eight, got to like a five, nine, a 10 a, and I could not finish it. And I was like, <laughs> I was so like outside myself because like, how is this possible? Like. You know, there's, um, you know, like older women, lighter, like thinner that don't have any muscle, like just making this look so easy. Mm -hmm. And I was trying so hard, like squeezing and just like giving it my all. Like, you know, like when you're training and you're an athlete, you, you tend to like push yourself right now. I was pushing myself as hard as I could and I could not make it to the top of this climb. And I was like, like something just switched where I was like, Hmm, okay. Like I have to figure this out. Uh, and yeah, like I went back a couple weeks later and like had the same experience, like went back to that climb, couldn't finish it. And then it's like, okay, like I need to, for whatever reason, like this is really cool. Um, but I'm just puzzled, like, you know, uh, how do I make sense of this? And then there's, you know, like, um, applied for a job cause I couldn't afford a membership and yeah, was event staff two weeks later and then just like started climbing and climbing and trying to like learn as much as possible from people that were there and uh yeah like unravel this uh this sport or like this activity that was very engaging uh, yeah. and puzzling great answer to that i mean i had a really similar experience you know like um you know it, it was just it was just very cool and, and i think uh one of the things that i find a lot happens with like people who are athletic in that way they're used to like especially like someone like yourself has like been in the best shape of your life you know performing at a really high level right like yeah um and then you come in and you do this thing and you're like oh my god i suck yes <laughs> and like yeah. i have to figure out how not to suck and like it's it's like that that learning curve experience is really cool like that yeah, learning absolutely. a new thing and like just like going from like nothing to like trying to like figure out like how to like to get good at a new thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a really cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that I climbed before I was an athlete. So I started climbing when I was like eight years old, nine years old in a gym in Vermont after skiing. My parents realized that we like weren't tired enough. <laughs> and so like they brought us to the gym after skiing so that we would actually wear out our energy and be as tired as they were. Um, and so like I kind of came in with a different perspective. So it's, it's nice to kind of hear that. I was, I was a climber before I was an athlete, before mm -hmm. I even started running or training or anything along those lines. And I think I'm getting to experience that same beginner's mind and some of the other activities that I've picked up in the past two years. So like acro and and uh, like West Coast Swing, two areas where like I'm loving mastering and I just can't figure it out and I gotta find the beat and walk with it and it's a challenge and it's, you know, it's been a fun challenge. So it's, I can relate, but I can't, I, it's not in the same space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, and you know, another question off of that is like, all right, so you had that initial experience and like being an athlete really like shaped that initial experience. Do you think that, uh, your previous athletic background continues to shape your, how you are experienced climbing? Um, I'm going to say no, it did for maybe, uh, I want to say like the first six or seven years mm -hmm. of training where for me it was climbing was like training. Like I was 
more constantly training for climbing than I was actually like climbing for just like the climbing aspect of it because I was like how do I become stronger how do I um identify like uh the mastery of it like how do I climb and um get to send things really quickly and like move up uh mm-hmm. in the grades basically yeah. um and it was very militant mindset um and uh at some point there was like this switch where well where's the experience ex- experiential part of it like i'm training a bunch i'm trying hard and at when it comes to the climbing i'm not enjoying it because i'm too hard on myself you know uh and there was just like the switch where it's like i actually enjoy now like climbing um i can go out to bishop and climb on sheep herder this v2 i can do it all day and like i can just do it all day and have a great, and have a great time yeah you know and it's like i don't need to be pushing those boundaries all the time mm-hmm. to experience um moving my body and like uh feeling this connection connection to nature or just like the experience of like wow like it took who knows how long of wind rain you know uh all the factors that had to go in to create this boulder problem uh that i get to now experience uh and yeah like it's it's so much fun you you taught me that whether or not you know that or not you taught me that in in the master's class when you put us on the v0s to warm up you're like everybody's climbing zeros and yeah my level at the time was like v0 v1 but you're like go ahead do the v0s enjoy yourself try skipping a hold here or there play around enjoy the space enjoy the climb and i still do that one of my favorite workouts now is still going around the gym and hitting all the v0s and v1s in the gym when i don't have someone to climb with yeah um that leads me to my next question can i ask another question oh yeah absolutely um one of the things you made us do in the you made us do homework for the master's class and i was going to give you the same homework in person now okay and see how you're doing um, you and this stuck with me is that you asked us what are your uh, you need to name 20 smiles of climbing 20 smiles of climbing and and taking away the, the joking side of the 20 smiles of climbing I mean I guess for me um, maybe not maybe not labeling all 20 but if you could name a couple of the joys that you still find like still the reasons that bring you in that when like you're like oh man I don't want to go and train or, or I mean if you never have that feeling but but what what still brings you in and what what still like heightens your enjoyment to be a part of it? Because I I I've definitely seen it wane and and rekindle over the years. And you seem pretty excited today. You seem pretty excited this morning when you were climbing. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just curious. Um, maybe a couple. Maybe like three. You don't need to do. 20. Uh, you made us do twenty. Okay. Uh, I can find them in my notebook. For me, the going outside and experiencing. Uh, climbing on rock and like the smile for me is like sometimes nature can create like as a setter you know I I get to put pieces of plastic where I want them to create an experience and when I stumble upon nature doing this and having like an immediate or sometimes not immediate like sometimes it takes multiple weeks or many years to send a project but like in in the smaller pieces of it like I get blown away at what nature can create. Like, how is this even possible? And then like, I get to just interact with this, with these features of rock, like, 
I get so giddy, like, uh, <laughs> just thinking, like, you know, whether it's Yosemite or Jailhouse or Bishop or Red Rock, like, there's things that nature created for me to go and, like, puzzle and, like, you know, engage with and try to figure these things out so I can get from point A to point B. Um, but the experience of getting there and, like, unlocking little, like, uh, footholds that, like, oh, there's a crystal there, like, that's going to work for me, or, you know, like, look, yeah. just the whole aspect of unraveling this this thing that can seem daunting is, um, it, it's got me really psyched, at least right now, you know, uh, outside. And then in the gym too, like, uh, sometimes, um, it's hard, it's harder for me to do this more often because I, because I'm a setter, I get to taste or see the creation aspect of this a lot. But when I can go to a gym and not know the setter, um, and like view a climb and be stumped and have that same process, I get to like, it, it makes me think, oh, what was this person thinking? What was this person's intention when they were creating this climb for me to have this experience? Uh, and then that's just, you know, um, that's very engaging both physically and mentally as well. So um. I have a question. Um, you mentioned like not knowing the setter. Is it not knowing them at all or not knowing who the setter was that, um, that makes the difference? Because it kind of sounds like if you're familiar with that person as a setter, that you're already a little bit in their head, yes. you know, and when you get on their route, you kind of already know basically what's, where their flow is going. Yes. Um, and I mean, because I do this for a living every day, like I do get to, sometimes people's climbs can be, can become predictable based on the patterns that they have. Um, so I like not knowing anything about this person, uh, so ideally, like, when I go to a new gym and I don't know any of the setters, uh, it's very engaging. Oh, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the <clears throat> having that, like, you're basically exploring someone's thought process through the route that they put on the wall. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's not as much fun to explore thought processes that you're already familiar with. Mm -hmm. So when you, you like exploring those new thought processes, yeah. that's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least in the gym, I, I ask as as the head route setter, I'm like, "What was your intention with that foot, or why did you put that hand in that orientation?" And I, I get to unravel that. When I go to other gyms, I don't get to ask those questions um, to a person and then get an answer. I have to then think about like, you know, was that intentional or was that by mistake? Or I'm like, you know, maybe it was intentional and why? Like, yeah, just different experience, but. Um, a smile nonetheless yeah totally love it are you happy with two I'll take two okay uh, do you have another question because I get I have no no go, go for it um, so this is I, I think this is interesting because I, I saw, again saw you this morning uh, what is your what is your current uh, climbing training routine because um, I think this is this is for I think there's some people curious about how other people train and interested to hear what you do it, not that it works for everybody but. okay um Mine right now, it fluctuates. Like I'll go through periods where um, I'll climb for fun and I'll push myself to get better, but if I had a rough week at work or I'm mentally stressed or not getting enough sleep or my diet's not correct, I won't push myself to train in states when I'm not mentally feeling good because then, then training becomes like a chore. Um, it's when I am getting pulled by something 
that uh, like right now I'm getting pulled by a lot of different climbs outside and I'm feeling good and I'm like okay like I'll make time to train I'll make time to climb because I want to um, be able to do these climbs um, and uh, yeah so like uh, as of I would say last week I'm like okay I'm, I'm gonna go on a climbing trip in three weeks I have um, four weeks to prepare what's gonna optimize my like what how can I optimize my performance in four weeks so then like I'll decide okay like how what kind of shape am I in like how's my endurance how's my power what are the climbs that I need to succeed on like what are they like are they pinchy are they slopey are they technical balancey crimpy power like um, and then I develop a plan for myself to get there. And it's, they're usually no longer than like eight or nine weeks. Um, this one was shorter because uh, I had just come off like a training cycle that was like three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but before that used to be like months on and like three months, four months, six months training. Um, uh, but it wasn't as enjoyable. Sometimes just like the training just to train. Um, there's no time to player satisfaction, right? So can I un unpack that just a little bit? Sure. Yeah, so so you're, you're saying you, you have a schedule and you evaluate. So you look at your training specifically as you look at what you want to go do, where that is yes. next, and then you work backwards from that by evaluating where you are. Yes. And the, the, you mentioned words. I just want to try and grab them again. You said endurance, strength, um. And then you mentioned the types of holds and routes that are out there. Like, are there other factors that, like, um, determine, like, 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 are the tools that you're using, like, more aggressive route climbing? Are the tools that you're using, you know, sometimes finger workouts when you train? Are you talking about, like, actual weight and cardio? Does all of that fit in? It depends on, it depends on the goal. Um, uh, the, the boulder problems I have in mind are, um, like, 11 moves long like 11 to 13, um, really short. Okay. Um, and, uh, these are boulders, Adrian. These are boulders. Shorts like five moves. <laughs> uh, I was gonna be like, that sounds like a high ball to me. <laughs> yeah. I, and, um, so in a lot of the work that I do in kind of preparing for this, for me is more like building mental confidence, right? Cause I feel like, my body's maybe capable of doing these things. Like I, I've been climbing long enough and work and route setting on a weekly basis, like every day that my body's in shape, but I don't mentally have, um, the confidence to like go and grab this small cramp or link these quote, quote unquote, like difficult moves that I might perceive. Like maybe my body's capable of doing them, but my mental confidence is like, Oh no, that's a little too hard. So like uh, when I train, um, I'll try to mimic those same moves or um, flip a switch into like trying that hard on moves so that I build the mental confidence so that it's like, oh yeah, these moves are harder than I than on this boulder problem. So like when I go to this boulder problem and I can find the nuances of doing it, um, I will be able to, to link it, you know? And it's kind of the same thing with the route. Uh, that's much longer. Although, um, for a route, depending on the difficulty, like a lot of my training is heart rate based. Um, another thing I learned from you. Yeah. Like trying to, 
um, train my cardio, not just my forearms, but like have my heart rate spike and be able to be on the wall or do movements um, when it's beating like 170, 180 beats, you know, per minute. And I can still function mentally and physically and not like, you know, um, just get gassed. So I will do a lot of running um, and like short interval work to mimic those spikes that you have on routes. Um, nice. Um, curious. Uh, so what, what routes are, you, you said that there are a lot of things outside that are pulling you right now. What's pulling you? Um, Shadow Warrior is one in the valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like this amazing kind of block. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm like looking at it. I'm like, that looks so cool. Like I want to go play on it and try on it. Um, the mystery is one in, uh, Bishop. And I've been trying that for three years. Um, and over the last two years, um, I've had like finger injuries or knee injuries and like, um, a pattern that I had before this was like, I was at, I was peaking climbing wise and then I hurt my finger or then I hurt my knee and then I rushed really hard to get back to where I was mm-hmm. and I'm not really physically ready for that. So then I re-injured myself and I had this, this bout of, um, getting injured, rushing back as quickly as possible and like as militant as possible to get back to where I was and then re-hurting myself. And then same thing, re-hurting myself. And there was a cycle. And um, over the past year, since um, I've had knee surgery, I'm like, don't rush. Don't rush. Like, enjoy climbing. Like, uh, there's been days, like, I'll go to the gym, all all the zeros through twos. Just go in and climb. Just move. Have fun. Mm -hmm. Don't rush into it. And being very patient. um, And up until maybe, like, two months ago, I was allowing myself to push and I'm feeling healthy, um, getting motivated, uh, and allowing, yeah, your, like, uh, allowing yourself allowing, to be pulled, allowing myself to be pulled and mm-hmm. it's been paying off. I'm, I feel like I'm climbing, um, how I want to. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's taken me, it's actually taken me a long time, like post our training for me to realize all the lessons that you've taught me. And I think that's that's a big one for me is, is being okay with where I'm at and enjoying the climbing for the sake of climbing and worrying about my technique and my movement, even on the easy stuff, so that I'm happy with how I am climbing, mm-hmm. not just how hard I am climbing. Right, right. And that's, that's been a thing. So today I went in and climbed for the first time in like four weeks because I've been traveling and whatnot. Um, Funny enough, I've been in a couple of climbing gyms throughout the country without actually climbing. Um, but but I was in and I did like, you know, I, I saw a, a yellow 5.7 and I thought it was 5.9. I was like, I'm going to go climb that. And I, then I said, oh, it's 5.7. I can't do that. And Mariah was there. She was with me. She's like, you said you wanted to climb. Just go climb. It doesn't matter. Get on it and have fun. And I, you know, I skipped a bunch of holes. I did some really fun footwork. Uh, I definitely like ended up in some off sequence moves and just had a blast with it. Yeah. I was able to still own the space and own the move and it was a tough rope where I was having trouble blowing. She's much smaller and can pull up the blade. So I just got, you know, slowed down and moved fun. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I enjoy is uh, during my warm ups, it's very easy to get on, I call it the treadmill, where you just follow the holds 
Mm-hmm. Um, even outside, like if you have a, a warm up dialed, you do the same sequences all the time. Um, but where's like the playfulness in that, or like where's the you aspect of it? Um, mm-hmm. At least in the gym, when a route setter sets a climb, they intend for you to follow this pattern. Yeah. And um, I, I enjoy like, no, I'm going to do me right now. Like if I want to like grab this foothold because it's grabbable and not use the hands, or if I want to skip hands, or if I want to skip feet. You know, yeah. if I want to rainbow and like link three climbs together, um, it's it's a way to express how I'm feeling that day. And I think a lot of times we should allow ourselves to to do what we're feeling um, and move how we want to, rather than like, oh, here's a climb for you to do, and you yeah. have to stick to this and climb it. You know, totally one way. It's like no, it's up to you how you want to move your body, um, like dancing, like. You know, uh, some people are like, I need to t- go take dance lessons to learn how to dance. But if you just turn the radio on and you move your body how you want to with no judgment, I'm sure you'll have a much uh, more enjoyable time because it's 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 freedom of expression. Yeah, I just got to bring myself to do that with with cam climbs. I still don't do it with cam climbs. Okay. They hate fire still burns. As much as I love the man, they hate fire still burns. And every time I see a cam climb, I have to I have to win. Okay. I won today. The score was 1-0. You see Cameron, you can tell him that I beat him today. Yeah. I mean, he puts up a lot of climbs. I know. So I don't think uh, I don't think it would be it's fair to say that there was only one. I mean, you But I climbed. Yeah. But and there it, was others that you could have climbed. Yes, this get is up. true. It was the hardest route that I climbed today. <laughs> but uh, but still yeah, I was still well within my range. But I wasn't going to let Cam win. Go ahead. Um so to go back to something that you mentioned earlier, like you, you coached cross country for 11 years, um, but also clearly, as Zach has mentioned, you've coached climbers as well. What do you think is the, uh, the biggest difference between coaching climbers and other athletes? Well, that's a, I guess no one's ever really asked me that. Because um, you've coached, I, I mean, it sounds like to me, like you've coached climbers that are competing at a very high level. Yeah. I know that's for sure. And you've also coached, uh, you know, running athletes who have been competing at a high level as well. Um, I guess it's, there aren't, so most of, most of coaching isn't, it, I mean, it is developing training plans and having them stick to the training plans and being there to make sure that the training plans get executed. Mm-hmm. Um but a lot of the coaching is in the head. Yeah. Um, a lot of runners, just like climbers, um, don't believe in themselves or think they're going to fail or think they're not good enough um, or overstress about the times that they may, you know, may or may not hit. Um, and same thing with climbers. Like, am I able to do this? Um, I, I, I want to say there's very little difference if. You know, other than just the sport aspect, like mm-hmm. everything else is about the same. Oh, that's very interesting. You know, it's conquering your own. Um, I, your I own would, I would have expected there to be more difference, uh, in terms of like, you know, given the fact that we're talking about like, you know, someone who is mentally approaching a sport that is like physical problem solving, versus someone who is approaching a sport where it's like. You know, like you are just basically trying to like get the maximum out of your body, and I would think that the the mental aspect would have a fair amount of difference to it. 
Um, that would have been my guess, but uh, I, you know, I uh, it's really interesting to hear what you yeah, what you what you're sharing in terms of how you approach it. And obviously, you've gotten results in both in both areas. So, like, you know, your approach definitely has you know implicit validity to it. <laughs> I think like um, it's like so in sport and especially like sports like running where it's you're running around a track right or you're running a course and you know every mile I'm supposed to hit X time right um, we can look at the statistics or the numbers of it and that removes the experience part of it um, mm-hmm. just like in climbing like uh, oh I'm supposed to hang on this like six mil, eight mil edge, or do this many pull-ups with this amount of weight, or climb this many grades with, like, we we tend to overanalyze that or look, or pay too much attention to that. Mm-hmm. And in running, like, if you are feeling good and you are faster than the time you want to hit, you shouldn't get worried about, oh man, I'm 15 seconds fast, I should slow down because this is going to screw up the rest of my race. Like, same, like... If you're feeling good, just go. Um, and in climbing, like with onsighting or trying to red point, um, your your body has, I believe your body has an intelligence. Um, when you've done lots of physical movement in climbing, uh, you build up this vocabulary of movement um, and your body knows how to move. Your body knows how to get from point A to, to point B a lot of what prevents you from getting there is your head, you know? Um, like the way we, like if I were to push you, you know, what does your body do? Like your body takes a step back, right? Yeah. Your foot your foot plants backward to know I have to maintain balance. Um, that's a reaction. You did that without consciously thinking of it. Mm-hmm. So in climbing, a lot of times we think we have to consciously do movements or it's like, oh, I'm going to do this sequence here um, and I'm going to make this conscious decision to move my body in this form. But sometimes when we're trying to solve puzzles, if you remove the mental, like conscious part of it and you're like, just do it, your body will take over if you allow it to. Mm-hmm. Same thing with running. Like if you don't pay attention to the clock and you just go with how your body's feeling, um, you will usually run a better race than if you were trying to stick to a certain time. So it's, um, I guess in that aspect, it's the same. It's like learning to trust your body is your body's intuition as opposed to what you mentally perceive that you can or can't do. That's a really cool insight. Thank you. You actually, so I was, I haven't coached climbing. I've coached a bunch of other things and kind of mentality around that. The, the interesting thing that I've got that comes to mind actually is relating to climbing. I think you've expressed it to me, and if I'm if I'm wrong, please let me know. But I think you've expressed it to me that different people within their own body like have different styles or different like variation in climbing. Um, and we have different roles in cheer, which is what I've coached, and we have different roles in acro, which is another thing I've coached. Um, but you know, I did run track, and I feel like you know, yes, you have form, and you have techniques, and there's sprinters and distance runners and those other pieces. But do you see the individuality in style? and training and all of those pieces in, in track as well as in climbing or is that individualistic nature and style in climbing unique? Um, I see it I see it in both realms. Interesting. Um, 
someone's personality, like if they don't like taking risks in life, they won't like taking risks in climbing. Um, if someone is very carefree and like, oh, what the heck, I'll just go for it in life, that's how they are in climbing. And kind of the same thing in running. Like if, if people are afraid to take risks in life and they're cross country runners or track runners, um, they'll be very uh, concerned about hitting times, having practices, like having a schedule and doing things so that they set themselves up for success. But sometimes there's other athletes who um, are just willing to just like lay it all out on the line and like take risks. Um, it, it, yeah, like yeah, okay. it, it, it mimics the way the way your behaviors outside of climbing because you climb maybe like two hours a day. You're or like you when you're when you're actually doing the activity, mm -hmm. your mental process is everywhere else in life. So like the way you think and operate outside of the climbing mm -hmm. world is definitely going to correlate to how you climb. Mm. That's definitely true of me. Can I ask you a question? You've coached me. Do you think I take risk? Be honest. I don't care. I don't, like, I'm just curious about your answer. It doesn't you know, um, be offended either way. You take risks when other people challenge you to. You don't do it on your own. Interesting. Hey, Zach, I think we've got time for like one more question. I know, and I have like four that I want to ask. Okay. I think um, I think it is one that's probably the best. I think I think digging into Adriel's route setting experience is probably the most interesting thing to That's not to the one I wanted into. to if I only had one, that's not the one I would have picked. How about you get to ask that one and then I'll ask one more. Because I think there's one other one that I want to ask. Okay. What's your question, Evan? Well I didn't have a question around it, but okay. um Actually, I, I can read the thing for the route setting if you'd like me to. Well, I mean, I can, I can come up with a route setting question on the spot, it's, I'm pretty sure. It's written. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, you know, people... So one of the things that I think is really interesting about the, the climbing community, especially in a climbing gym, is essentially, like, the route setters, to me, like, this is my experience, the route setters are, like, the secret rock stars of the gym. Totally. Because, essentially, the route setters are there when the least number of people are there, which is on purpose, right? Cause y'all get in the way of, you know, yeah. climbs that people want to climb on, um, which is, you know, it's the nature of your job. You have to do it. Um, so we, we have y'all come in when the, you know, try the, the moment, like the span of the day where there's the least number of people there. So the least number of members get to interact with our route climbing route setting team. So our route setting team is very, mysterious like they're known only by their initials or their their you know whatever they write for their setter tag or the people who annoy them no um and so you know it's mysterious and they're just like you know like zach is a great example of someone who's formed an adversarial relationship with someone who he hadn't talked to for years and then finally like, I mean now he has a relationship with Cam but like you know for a long time he was like this person is my nemesis without ever having met them yeah, true. Um, and, and I will say like for myself being in management I you know if I talk to someone who hasn't really met me before and they're like oh like what do you do you work here like yeah like what do you do here like oh I'm like the manager and they're like oh do you set routes you know every time like people ask me if I set routes and it happens within like the first like three questions that come out of someone's mouth when they find out that I'm the manager so clearly 
the route setters are on everyone's mind. So, you know, I think the, you know, that's just a matter, like you're sort of these secret celebrities of the gym. Um, and I think, you know, you talked earlier about how people's like personalities and their thought processes come through in their climbs. Um, you know, what do you think people learn from you when they climb your routes? Um, that's a good question. Um, I try not to have a particular style. Um, I've, I've read, um, and listened to a lot of Bruce Lee's like lectures and is like read his books. And, um, one thing that resonates with me from like his knowledge and philosophy is, um, having no style, like, uh, is, is best because you're, you're not limited by certain boundaries. Like, um, like jujitsu, you go to the floor and you grapple or like boxing, you only use your hands. Like, um, we all like, all like one thing he says, like all karate is, is karate like because we have two legs and two hands you know um mm-hmm. and you can use as use that in as many ways as possible so like with climbing you know um trying not to stick to one style for me is um i enjoy it you know i want people to get on a climb and not know who said it like if i said it or not um and i want to like what i enjoy about route setting is uh I get to sometimes lead people down this path where it's like, okay, I'm going to lead you down this path where it's going to feel comfortable and secure. And then all of a sudden I'm going to give you a curveball where like you're going to stop and have to think about what you're doing um, before you do it. Cause if you do it, you're going to get off path, right? Like to not just be on the treadmill, right? Like where you, it's like an obvious sequence of hands, I try to throw people, I try to stump people so that they're coming into the gym after work and expecting to make it up this route easily and mindlessly while having another conversation, um, that they'll get into this pickle where it's like, no, you have to pay attention to this climb and you have to pay attention to what you're doing and be mindful of the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, is that what you like to do? Yes. yes. Okay. Cool. I would really interesting I would say so I climb your routes there were some of my favorites and I would say you nail on that in terms of not necessarily being overly consistent uh, from my perspective the one thing I will say is your routes always appear thoughtful meaning meaning that if if I need to figure out the move the move is probably there if I look for it. Mm-hmm. There are some routes that I climb and I'm like, okay, there's a move here that I know is there, but I can't freaking find it. And uh, maybe I'm not climbing hard enough on your stuff. Maybe I need to up-level the stuff that I'm climbing on yours, but the stuff that I climb from yours, I, I always feel like if I pay attention, I can find it, which which makes me somewhat feel safe. Yeah. Climbing your routes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, can I, I, oh, sorry, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to add, for me, like... Um, I think of routes kind of like movies um, and just looking at a route as the trailer where I want you to look at one of my routes and be like ooh for whatever reason I don't know but that pops like I want to try that climb because mm-hmm. of the cluster of holds or how it's oriented um, 
who, any reason, right? But I want you to look at it and be like, ooh, I want to get on that. And you, you might not even know why. It's just like, just like outside for me in nature, it's like when I find climbs that appeal to me, I don't even know why I want to climb them, but they're just like, come climb me, like, hey. So it's, <laughs> it's the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and like once you get on, like, you know, you have a good movie will like, you know, have some build up, lead you, you know, down this path that's oh familiar and then throws you for some twists and then, you know, uh, has a good ending. And ideally, like, I like to set my routes in that same way where you have that experience of, you know, getting pulled in and then having some confusion or some, you know, mm -hmm. drama or chaos and then like wrapping up the bow at the end, you know, like. Uh, that's super, yeah. that's super <laughs> cool. That's a really interesting way. Like I, I had never thought about that, but I like it a lot. Um, one last quick question on route setting uh, before I let Zach close it out. Mm -hmm. um, you are, I think, known, pro I think probably amongst all the route setters that I'm familiar with, especially at least on our team in Planet Grand Sunnyvale, uh, you're the one that likes to use old holds. Yes. The, just let us know, what is your, what is your love for old holds? Um, <clears throat> the history of it. Like, uh, they have no texture. They're like sometimes slimy. Uh, they're like the rejects. Um, and creating like good, I guess like, and good is, you know, up for interpretation, but creating movement or engaging with holds that are older, like um, you have to try a little bit harder. It's like, they're not as grippy. Um, they're sometimes insecure. And uh, that's an experience of itself. It's like climbing on something where it's like, this is just heinous to hold on to. Like, there's no <laughs> texture. It's like, that's right. That's what I want you to experience. You know, like, get through that discomfort. Um, and I, yeah, like, I think uh, I've been sitting for 10 years, a little over 10 years. And just the, the history of, like, resin holds and, like, you could fit all your, when I first started setting, you could fit your entire route of 40 holds and 20 feet into one five gallon bucket. Now you need two, like 10, 15 buckets because the holds have gotten much bigger and mm -hmm. route setting has changed. So I like to, you know, do the retro thing. You haven't know, forgotten about listen that. To hold. The, listen to the records or the eight tracks. The whole encyclopedia yeah. that we're going to make. The VCRs, you know. Uh, yeah, the whole, the whole encyclopedia that we're going to make. I'm excited about that project. I think uh, it's really interesting. I think one of the things that um, one of the things that happens with older holds with that less texture is that you actually like this is something that you think about and that it comes through in that is that you need to be a little bit mentally stronger, right? You need to be a little bit more focused. You can't you can't like. You can't just look at a hole in the shape and just like, oh, I'm just going to chuck myself at that and, exactly. and just grab it and hang on. You have to put a lot more focus and, and be more intentional about what you're doing with your body and like, mm -hmm. you know, the, all the sort of things you've talked about in terms like what drives you in climbing, that mental aspect of it, that like, you know, the focus, the understanding of your body, like all those things kind of tie into that why you like using those old holds and what you like people to have to learn through your climbs yeah really absolutely well put so we're out of time-ish but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this is a this is a challenge for you you've given me a lot of challenges in my life 
this is my challenge for you. I'm going to rapid fire a couple of questions. Okay. And I'm just hoping you can give me quick answers. Like, like, like <laughs> one hope. Like one, <laughs> like one to two sentences. And if, and if you need to say, you can say pass for later. And what that means is we'll put you on another episode. In the last <laughs> do, do I seem like someone to just rapid fire? No. That's why <laughs> that's I'm not being thoughtful. <laughs> this, is bad, this is a bad choice. This is a great choice. We're going to go with it anyways. Um, okay. What is your favorite place to go climbing in the world? Um, right now, Bishop. Okay. That answers the second question, which is in the U.S., but it's okay to say that. And then, uh, would you consider Bishop within driving distance of the Bay Area? I mean, he's going to Absolutely. Okay, so, okay, we'll just let that's the answer to all three questions go. at once. Way to go. You killed that. Um, what are the... So, is there something that you wish us as climbers who are not route setters that wish we knew about how difficult or how interesting your job was? Um... You can say pass yes. No, I, like this is a great question. Um, I've spent a lot of time, like, and when I say a lot of time, I mean like, you know, hours upon hours every week trying to figure out, like, what does it mean to be a route setter and view something from the creator aspect of it, like the director of the movie? Um, and then what does it mean to be in the audience, right? Because when, when a director is making a film, right, it's a group of people and they're choosing, like, they have maybe hours of footage and they're choosing to cut that, you know, like 40 hours of footage and make a two-hour movie of that. So every scene, um, every movement, like, there's an intention there, right? And then uh, in the audience, you just see, like, the finished product, right? You don't see all the work that gets put into it. Um, and then in two hours you're like, oh, I liked it, or I didn't like it, or that was a good movie because of this or because of that, or that joke was funny, but this one was not. Um, and you don't look at the whole thing as like, well, why did they choose to have this scene? Why did they choose to have this profile instead of you know the yeah. frontal view or like this scene as opposed to that scene? And when uh, just all the thoughtfulness behind it. Um, well, I mean, I think it goes even further to that because it's a five minute or ten minute climb usually and and it can you, take up to you know uh 90 minutes to an hour to ju just do the creative process yeah i think the thing that's beyond it and maybe this also applies for like movies and making more movies but there is there is like you see setters evolve over time like you see setters develop like i remember climbing setters as they've grown up and become like ao as he moved into where ao was before he left and, like all mm -hmm. those other people as they grew into that space like seeing that um from a from a commerce perspective is really interesting. Yeah. And seeing people develop into the centers that they yeah. become. And I'll keep going on this question because it's Okay, yeah. fine. Um, uh, Turns so, out this is your last question. Uh, this, I'm okay with I this. I think this is your when, last question. I'm okay with this being my last question. When, I'm okay with this being my last question. So like when setting routes, I have to think about or route setters have to think about who the audience is, right? Um, just like a film you know, yeah. uh, director. And there are people who like comedies, right? And they, they go to a movie and they expect to get some laughs, right? And on a route, like some people like routes to be a comedy, right? And I like horror. I enjoy horror movies, <laughs> you know? Uh, and on, on, and like, you know, sometimes you'll get on a route and you'll just hate it and it's like, be upset. And it's hard on a route because, like, you can't tell what you're going to get on. 
because it doesn't say like you know romantic comedy or like it has these certain actors right um but like when setting a route you always have someone in mind um more often than not it's like general public um but uh sometimes people get on routes and don't like them and don't think that maybe that route wasn't for you right um and just because one person really, really likes it or really, really dislikes it doesn't mean that someone else is not going to have a very different experience or similar experience. Um, and uh, not every route in the gym is meant to fit every person's body type um, because it's just it would be an impossible task to do. So some routes do feel reachy or big um, because we'd like to have taller climbers climb with their full wingspan or like you know feel what it's like to like not skip a bunch of holds and challenge them to to express their physical movement and body in a way that they don't get to normally mm -hmm. right and sometimes we'll set routes um for like the kids on team right where they're grabbing smaller holds or they grab pinches but the boxes are really small so they can have an experience um that is tater or that is um created for them and tailored for them but I can't expect two people of different sizes try to have the same experience totally. um, so makes sense that's why you have a whole library in of routes yep. you know you you don't go like oh like here's the one movie that's good for everyone you know yeah. like I mean Netflix has lots of movies right right there are lots of different ones. I so. can keep going on this if you want. I, I I'll go on. I'll touch on grades for a moment. Yeah. Um, let's. I mean. So I like, mean. Are you okay? I'm cool. I. I. This is. I, I'm good. Okay. Uh, Angel's the one who needs to go home and go to sleep. I, I, well, you guys like. You're you're asking me to talk about climbing. I could stay up to. I could stay and talk to, <laughs> about climbing. To like three, four a.m., which I have done in the past. Okay, um, well, let's not do well, that. Well, let's not I can do that because I got a client. I got to work out tomorrow. Yeah, um, tell us about grades. With with the grades, the way I think of it is like kind of like a color wheel, um, and uh, for someone to be like, okay, this climb is X grade, right? And this climb is X grade A or X grade B or X grade, you know, C or D. Oh, it doesn't feel that way. So I think of it in terms of like colors, like. Um, Looking at this carpet, this has lots of colors, but people can't see. So like on a color wheel, when you have a yellow and you have a green, at some point those there's a switch, right? There's right. very different shades of yellow turning into green. Mm -hmm. um, at some point, like there's a yellow green. And when this yellow green is next to a green, you might think, oh, that's like a lighter shade of green, right? You remove the green, yellow green is next to yellow. Oh, that's just like a different shade of yellow. And as a route setter, you're supposed to say, this is yellow or green, right? It's not right. the in-between. You have to pick a, a I have B to or pick, C. I have to pick a B or a C, right? And there's just so much, um, there's just so much power in this pen, right? When we, when we choose to call it, that it's like, it is a question mark. It's a question. Is this like, is this this grade or is this this grade? We're guessing, you know? Um, yeah. And it's just so hard to like put someone's experience in just like a letter and fit many experiences into just four 
like grade ranges. Like we 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 do our best. Yeah. Um, well, but it's hard. I think the other thing that you have to keep in mind when doing that is that like if it's a stem problem for me, I'll climb two levels above what I climb for for something that I have to hold on to small holds for, because I don't have the finger strength for small holds. But I get the legs for stems, so I can stem for days. So give me a stem problem, and I'll be like, oh, that felt like a felt like a five nine. Label is a ten B. What are they thinking? But like for me in that space, that makes sense. But for other people, like this, it may be hard. I don't think yeah. they have to keep that in mind. That's what that's what you as a consumer need to keep in mind that you have strengths. But we have... as a community need to keep in mind. This is about the community untangling the knot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's well, been very little that I don't yeah. know that that invalidated can my I, point. Can I just? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get in the way because if you've got more grades, no. but I want to say that uh, I think we're going to have some listeners who are going to be a little upset because there's we're so interested in hearing Adriel's perspective on things. That there's been like no Zach and Evan snark. I really think people are going to be okay with that. I think people well, are going to be more interested in what Adriel has to say. I think they are too. I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad about that because I love the snark, um, but maybe I'll have to bring you we on could, as a guest we, on my other podcast. We could do that off air. <laughs> my other podcast, Zach's Quacks. It's coming. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, um, so, I'm sorry. Are you are you yeah, answered out on that? I'm satisfied. Okay. I, I want to take just a small opportunity to thank you so much for coming in. Uh, I've never seen Evan so engaged. Actually, that's not true. He was pretty engaged when we had Bridget talk about her, like, the season one, episode nine, when when Bridget came in and talked about, like, kind of pushing past her limitations. So, so I think Evan really likes having guests on when he can ask actually climbing questions instead of just, you know, bantering. Um, Instead of talking about like how we're gonna go climb a big wall and I'm going to <laughs> climb all the five thirteen pitches, you're going I'm to like, climb all the five thirteen pitches. That's exactly the point. No one's climbing any five thirteen pitches on a big wall. You're gonna do and it, and you still insist on that, yeah. and that's why it's not gonna happen. It's so fun to insist on that. Um, so, anyways, yes, thank you so much for coming, and and again, thank you for like I love seeing the side of Evan when he's like so captivated and energized by this topic. Um, that's, that's great to see. Cause like, I feel like I've been, you know, kind of, he's been trying to get me to do this for a while. Uh, and, you know, trying to hit me over the head with it. And finally I relented and I got to this point and it's great to see that. So thank you for bringing that side of you today and, um, pointing at Evan and Adriel, thank you for helping me bring that out of Evan and Adriel, thank you so much for being open and sharing and, uh, talking about climbing with us. Did you have fun? Of course. Of course. In yeah, our community. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we got. I have a couple more, so we'll have to expand the list and bring you back for, for another episode at some point. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to. I'd like to ask the questions. Do you want to? Oh, yeah. You can part with a question. You can part with a question. No, for I'll save it for next time. Okay. All right. All right. Um, anything else you want to tie in before we? I leave? think we're good, dude. Let's just let's, let's just wrap end, this up. End let's in style as opposed tight. to keep it tight. tight, tight, tight as light. I mean, it's great mm-hmm. right up until you slap the table right there. Like, just should I do, should I do a knee slap? No, you should not. You okay. know you shouldn't. Okay, just, but I feel like just just end the episode, man. All right, have have a wonderful wonderful day, everybody who's listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening, and if you have feedback, uh, feel free to let us know somehow. All right, thanks. <laughs> Bye.